Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good day to you, Rush Nation. Your Five Yard Rush Daily Fantasy Sports Pod is back. We're both raring to go for Week Ten, so we will be bringing you the players you should be considering for the weekend's action again. Piloting the plane this evening will be myself, Nick. And my co-pilot will be Mark. How are you doing, Mark? Really good, thank you, Nick. Looking forward to this. Absolutely. How did last week's games go for you? It was it was okay. I didn't, I, I lost overall about ten percent, which isn't you know for a GPP players kind of expected. Yeah. Um, on the weeks you're not winning, um, if you minimise your losses, that's good. Um, had a little bit of everything really. Had some really good plays, had some really bad plays, injuries. Justin Jackson comes to mind in particular. Yep. Really affected a lot for me. What about yourself? Well, I actually had a really good week, um, as, as you know, because we did speak on, on texts. Mm. So I had quite, well, I say a really good week. It was a profitable week, shall we say. It wasn't, at one point, it looked like it was going to be my all-time greatest week ever, where I, I peaked, I think, at $64 return at some point, which m- my mind was blown at that point. I've never seen a return like that on DraftKings, not for me anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I returned, I think, a modest $14 on, on the weekend, which 
was more than what the stakes were. So that I'm quite happy with that. As long as there's a profit, then fine with that. Profit's profit. Exactly. And we'll, we'll have that as our motto, I think, going forward. Profit is profit. <laughs> um, we'll look at some of the good performances then, I think, first of all, Mark. So players who, who either met expectations, surpassed expectations, or who were your standouts from week nine? Well, I had quite a lot of um, Dalvin Cook, which was nice. You and me both. Uh, yeah, I had quite a lot of him. I didn't have him in many teams where many other players scored a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was one of those weeks I play, I play quite a lot of lineups most weeks. And it was one of those weeks where I had all the pieces, but they weren't all in the same puzzle. So, Dal- um, yeah. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook's becoming one of those players where if you don't have him in, you, you're almost you're praying he doesn't have a good week, and I've I've looked at the lineups this week. He's not actually in most of my lineups this week because I think he he does have a tougher matchup on paper against the Bears. The the I think the just fringe top ten defense against running backs. But again, I can't blame anyone who wants to include him in the lineups because he's he's almost with, with the ways his output is at the moment. He's almost picking himself um, a little bit like Devonte Adams is week to week. Mm. So, yeah, I, I definitely, with you there, 42.2 points. Another two rushing touchdowns, 206 rushing yards, I mean. It was a crazy performance. Yeah. And um, it's, not, it's not even, he's not doing a Derrick Henry and just producing this every now and again. It's like every single week he's healthy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. He's breaking, he's breaking out those big plays as well. You know, another... It's it's like you said, it's just consistent performances week in, week out. There hasn't been a week thus far where he's not scored a touchdown. And I, I, I bet looking back, most of his weeks, he's probably actually on, on multi-scores per week. So he does feel like one of them where it's like, miss him out of your lineup at your peril at the moment. But I don't have him this week. I've used the funds elsewhere simply because mm-hmm. of the matchups. But... I think he's he's actually if I'm right in saying he's he's slightly he's I think he's a, a is he lower priced this week or well than last week I think he's more expensive oh, he's than last week eight thousand nine hundred yeah. he is this year so yeah. he's more expensive this week mm, interesting one interesting one you'd assume he'd still produce because of you know Minnesota look like they're rolling at the moment and I think the Bears are on paper a good defense but I think. For me, I know we touched on it on last week's pod, but they do flatter to deceive a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the strength does seem to be in stopping the run, so that could be an interesting development for next weekend. Is he in most yeah. of your lineups this week, Mark? No, I, he's not in it because he's on because he's on this Sunday Monday slate. Ah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't play that. I don't tend to play those ones. I don't think I would have him in this week if I did, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I say if I had one lineup, I wouldn't have him in. If I had multiple lineups, I'd probably deliberately have him in a couple yeah, and then deliberately play Thielen or Jefferson in others and not him. So yeah. the downside for, especially if you're a season long, for example, the downside is Thielen and Jefferson just score nothing when he's, when he goes off. Um, Irv Smith just stole a couple of touchdowns from, from them as well at the weekend. And um, yeah, that's Irv Smith who three weeks ago, we were very excited to play. <laughs> he did nothing. He did nothing. I had great expectations for Irv Smith going into this season because I do own him in quite a few dynasty leagues, and he's he's probably been top top three disappointment for me mm. this season. So 
see, seeing him seeing him sneak a couple of touchdowns mm-hmm. last week, I was like, oh, maybe there's more mm-hmm. to come. But his actual stat line itself doesn't make for pretty reading. So um, <laughs> you just reminded me about last week, though. Um, so I didn't get to say this to you beforehand. Um, Michael Fabiano tweeted out um, a tweet about out of all the fantasy relevant quarterbacks last week, only two of them scored under 18 points. Do you know who those two are? Go on. Brady and Tannehill. And do you know who our first two picks were on our first pods? Brady and Tannehill. <laughs> Brady and yep. Tannehill. And, uh, I did, I, you know what? I did, know, I did know the Brady one. Um, the, the Tannehill one, I, did, I didn't know that. I, I'd not mm. checked what his score was, but I assumed it would be lower because he didn't have a great week, did he? By his no. standards previously. No. Tom Brady had an absolutely appalling week, but look out for the bounce back this week. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, he's not going to have two weeks like that, is he? No, absolutely not. But it seems like the Saints have his number. So again, an interesting one going into the playoffs, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah, um, I thought I thought the Saints the Saints were acting like they won the Super Bowl afterwards, which I thought was just crazy. Especially because they are probably likely to meet each other again in the playoffs at some point. Well, I expect. The, the Saints, the Saints act like that in the regular season because they, they don't get much chance to act like that usually when it comes to playoff football. So uh, <laughs> disappointing playoff performances over the past few years and you know it, it probably does make you dance at regular season wins. Mm. Let them carry on dancing at that while other teams yeah. are dancing the way to Super Bowls. I have a feeling Jameis Winston's going to regret continuously putting his fingers in his mouth every time he's in the ring. <laughs> we advise that no one does that, by the way. No, you know, yeah. COVID <laughs> considerations, of course. He wasn't um, wearing gloves to relevant. No, no. That, that was an, an awful motivational speech, by the way, can we just say. Um, for me, uh, DJ Chark, I had in quite a few lineups and oh, he nice. had a great week. Um, I, I actually picked him on my article last week for Five Yard Rush. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick him as one of my budget article picks for the main article, but I did have him in my lineup and explained my reasons why. So he just seems to produce there, regardless of, of who's throwing mm-hmm. him the ball. And the Jags might have found a bit of a diamond in the rough with Jake Luton, mm-hmm. who had a, a quietly decent game with 300 plus yards and a, a throwing touchdown so I actually took Chark out of lineups once it was confirmed that Luton was starting yeah so I don't, that I don't was blame another you one I don't blame you at all because the the quarterback uncertainty had me question it in in the article as well um but yeah great performance 30.6 mm. points and he's probably one of the players that tipped me over the line for the for the win because I think most people probably had Delvin Cook and a good percentage yeah. probably did have Ben Roethlisberger as well. Yeah, yeah, it was a when it's when um that was one of those great examples of overthinking your construction lineup yep. construction. Uh, it's, sometimes I it's it's kind of a similar effect to when the weather when somebody says about the weather and snow and things. You shouldn't fade a player because of snow, for example. Mm. Except if it's ridiculous, like a couple of years ago when, uh, with the um, few years ago with the Bills game. But um, wind wind affects games badly, as we saw with Cleveland, Las Vegas. But snow, not so much. Rain, not so much. And with the with the, the Luton thing, in hindsight, this was a process mistake of mine. In in they had to get some yards from somewhere. Mm. They were always going to. 
and um, it always seems to be him. And he was priced at five thousand two hundred, which was only a hundred dollars more than Marvin Jones. I'm just looking at my, my lineup yeah. from last week, and Marvin Jones. We we knew Kenny Galladay was out, and yeah. he was reasonably priced, you'd say, at five thousand one hundred, given he was going to be the wide receiver one on the day for Detroit. But to be only a hundred dollars more, I suppose he's had his injury issues throughout the season, but top top performance that by. DJ Chark. Mm. What, and in our what, battle of the Marvins, as it turned out, neither of them were that great. No, they weren't, <laughs> were they? No, Marvin they Jones. were not. It's probably the last time I picked Marvin Jones this year, and I probably won't be picking Marvin Hall at any stage either. <laughs> They're going on the list with um, with David Johnson and David Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> Who were your bads or uglies or just downright I am not picking that player ever again oh, for as long as David I'm... Montgomery. <laughs> I didn't even let you finish the question. I was so <laughs> desperate to say David Montgomery. He, every week he seems, you convince yourself if you look at opportunity that he has, you look at everything to do with game script, whatever, and the Bears and their situation, you think this is the week David Montgomery is going to score big. And his price sort of gradually comes down and down and down and it looks like better value each week. And... He just lets you down every week. Yeah. David Johnson, we'd already spoke about last week. We'd kind of given up on him, I think. Um, Jonathan Taylor as well. But yeah, David Montgomery for me this week. Um, yeah, that was, that's the player I'm not picking again. That wasn't the worst thing that happened to me this week, though. The worst thing was losing to you at tears, obviously. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> it was only a matter of time before I did. <laughs> I brought up, you wrote it in the script for me to say it. <laughs> So yeah, the, it's it worth noting that myself and Mark are having a weekly contest on tiers. And uh, do you want to share the score, Mark, or shall I? No, I'll let the winner. My please. moment, my moment, my moment to brag. Okay, bragging rights for the week. Then one hundred sixty-two point seven points for myself, and one hundred forty point nine two for Mark. Um, I think I did roll with the lineup that I said on the pod. If I did change it, I think there was only maybe the tight end that I changed or didn't change more so. So I think I I said last week about we we had the back and forth between Aikens and Fells. And for some reason, Fells was my tight end in in my tier squad. But fortunately, it didn't backfire on me and I still came away with the win that week. So we'll come to tiers a little bit further Mm. on in the pod and yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see who who comes out on top in week ten. Another one of the the disappointing plays for me, Mark. Before we move on to week 10's picks, mm-hmm. was Justin Jefferson. It's really disappointing. He's actually got the the uh, the DraftKings icicle uh, above his score. Um, Sixty four receiving yards, three receptions. I expected more in that game against Detroit. I suppose the lead that Minnesota found themselves with, the game script pretty much dictated that it was either Dalvin Cook or Madison clock managing the game. Mm-hmm. And given how successful Dalvin Cook's been on the ground recently, I suppose I shot myself in the foot really picking him, but I did expect more because he was due his bounce back week. So that was a big disappointment for me at, at 9.4. Jefferson, if you take in the last five weeks, he's had that big 42-point week. But other than that, very average. Yeah. And as they rely so much on um, Dalvin Cook, him and Thielen are suffering from a fantasy points 
you know, point of view. And as I said, you know, Irv Smith took two touchdowns last week away from them. So um, the thing is, when you play Jefferson, what you've got to understand, I think, for this season is when he does go off, he's going to go off big. Yeah. Like he did against Atlanta. And that's why you play him. Yeah. Uh, if you're playing one lineup only a week, I probably wouldn't play him. But if you're playing a few, even if it's only a handful, you know, he's one, he's one of those players who can get a giant score. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's how you, that's why you, that's why you play him, I think. Yeah, definitely. And the, the, the week where he did score big, I think quite a, a chunk of that score came in garbage time as well, which it still, it, you know, it still needed scoring. Mm. But it's, um, yeah, what, with the way that Dalvin Cook's playing at the moment, unless Minnesota are in a position where they're chasing a result, then I think it's it's always going to harm Jefferson and Thielen's production, as you said. So, shot myself week six in the as well. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook was out week six as well. That was the week which where Madison was really popular, and, and really that was tough. also against Atlanta. Yeah, and really rubbish. Yes, <laughs> and Atlanta was um Atlanta was um that was against Atlanta. Obviously, a very fast paced team. Yeah, like you say, against Detroit, they're a very slow paced team. Mm. So um so everything was right there. For it, this week isn't the week either. But, no, no. Later. Well, it's, <laughs> it comes no surprise that he's not one of my picks this week. But, <laughs> uh, that brings us on nicely, then I suppose week ten. So we'll start as we do with the quarterbacks. So again, just for new listeners to the pod, what we will be looking at is specifically the classic lineup, and myself and Mark play slightly different slates of games. So I tend to incorporate the Monday games into my lineups whereas Mark I'm right in saying you play strictly the Sunday um six o'clock games and then the nine o'clock games is that correct yeah that's right yeah the 11 games for those two time slots yeah yeah so you might find that the pricing might be it might slightly differ on on the odd player but there's there's not many that that rule does apply to but we'll we'll elaborate as we do go through the picks um but yeah we'll we'll start off with the quarterbacks so I'll kick us off, Mark. I'm really liking the look of Aaron Rodgers this week as, as my top-end expensive quarterback. Um, quite obvious reasons why. Uh, Jags are not a great defence against the position. 25 drafting points against per game this season, which I think is just above the average that Aaron Rodgers is is scoring points per game per week. He's only really had, when you look at his season, he's having a bit of an MVP year. Um, 24 touchdowns, two interceptions. You know, we're, we're talking Pat Mahomes numbers here, really. Mm. So he, he should be in the, the conversation, as, and I suppose he is to a point, but I feel like a lot of the spotlight still goes on Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes. And Aaron Rodgers sort of quietly ticks along. I think it's almost like an acceptance of his brilliance at this stage. Like, we understand how good he is. He's been in the <laughs> league that long that we just expect it. But yeah, um, Jags have given up 17 passing touchdowns and when you're coming up against a hot, informed quarterback who's had 24 on the season already and only given up two interceptions, for me, you're in for a long day. The only caveat is is that if they do rush into a bit of a lead, then this might be one that gets clock managed with Aaron Jones now looking healthy, which is my only concern. But yeah, that's that's where I'm going with my expensive quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, at 79 about yourself? Um, by the way, that Aaron Rodgers call, you're so right about the MVP thing. It's 
it's only because people like Kyle Murray are doing such amazing things that he's not being he's not a cert, dead cert almost. Yeah, he's having a year which in most years would be absolutely it would be like top five percentile, but this year it seems almost average. I know yep. it isn't, but it seems almost average. His fantasy scores look really low in comparison with some others. Yeah. Now, obviously, you've picked him because of match-up, which you're completely right. You know, third worst team against quarterbacks, fantasy-wise, etc. Um, so, yeah, um, great pick. I went for now, I'm not even sure he really qualifies as an expensive pick. Jared Goff at 6.5. Um, the obvious reason for picking him is he's playing Seattle. So, Seattle are so bad against against the pass and fantasy wise they've given up loads of points in fact when we come back to, down to wide receivers i'm going to tell you a stat which you may well know you may well not and if you don't know this it'll stagger you but um many reasons i like jared goff probably as well as playing seahawks the other one is the fact that over 60 percent of his targets will go to three players cooper cup robert woods and josh reynolds so that means that you can stack him quite confidently with his receivers um, the game total at the moment uh, is 55 and a half, so that's currently second. Um, so it should be lots of fantasy points going around. And, you know, we've been targeting Seattle with quarterbacks all season, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. I can't disagree with that at all. I've actually got him in my um, my article for Five Yard Rush this week. I, mm-hmm. I get what you're saying on the price. When I saw the price, I was like, I, I've actually put him in as, not, you know, not as a budget pick so to speak, but he's not at the higher end pricing of the quarterbacks. He's not at Aaron Rodgers' price, for example. He's at actually the same price that I recommended Ben Roethlisberger at last year in the same article, and he had a really good week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting the same for Goff against that defence. It's It's been poor all season, and I'm, I, I'm completely with you. I really like the receiving options, there, which are quite reasonably priced and coming off a, a bye week where he was poor against Miami, the back in LA, they seem to have, I suppose it, is, it doesn't make quite the same impact this year because you've not got the crowds there, but they seem really at home and accustomed with that, uh, accustomed to that new stadium now. And yeah, I, I like, there's not a lot to dislike there. The only dislike is it's Jared Goff and you don't know which Jared Goff is turning up. Yeah. But he's not he's not a player I normally even consider. He really isn't. But he's playing Seattle and it should be a really fast paced game. Yeah. Seattle seem to be always in these shootout games at the moment. So yeah. what's not to like? The, the what's interesting as well with that game is that there's a chance to top the division. Depending on, of course, what Arizona Cardinals do. But it's you know, that this is one of those swing games where it's almost like it's not must win for each team, of course, but a win massively benefits the other team and it brings the top three in that NFC West almost identical records and it would put San Francisco almost in a position where they'll really struggle to make the playoffs then if they even had a hope to begin with mm. given their injuries this yeah. year. But yeah, Which we'll, is shocking. Who are you liking in the budget um, bracket on that? Um, okay, so I'm going to be accused of being a homer here but I like Alex Smith uh, with 52 it's based entirely on obviously the price because five point two for a starting quarterback is very cheap, yes. and obviously it allows you to put in put in um, other you know spend your money elsewhere. But also he has all of his all of his um, receivers are relatively cheap, and you can stack them. And they, 
all have the ability at any moment to to convert a 70-yard touchdown. Um, McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, both the Sims now, Stephen and Cam Sims, is back. They're all sort of big play players. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not going to happen every week. It's not going to happen consistently. But at 5.2, it just really needs one of those big plays. And assuming he doesn't throw three awful interceptions like last week, actually, that might be unfair. Two interceptions were awful. One wasn't it awful. Um, then I think a three point, the 5.2 is great value for money. Yeah. Again, not a lot to disagree with there. Um, I'm coming from a Washington football fan perspective. Are you obviously Smith was the next in line, but are you in any way eager to see potentially Dwayne Haskins in between now and the end of the season, just to see if he does have anything to offer at all? I feel like the coaching staff have already made up their mind. I'm not really sure what he, what they he can show them. Hmm. It's it's tricky, isn't it? Because there's been all these stories leaking, which could well not be true. They, who knows about his about his work ethic, etc. But then I don't know if you noticed, but this week suddenly there's all these stories leaking that his work ethic has been really good since he's been dropped, and he was made a captain at the beginning of the season. So I I don't think any of us really knows what's going on there. I, I trust Ron Rivera with his decision making, and I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters if you see him anyway. Either way, Smith or Haskins, they won't be the starting quarterback next year. Yeah, so yeah that's, that's my view on it. Um, what about your cheap quarterback? So I am gonna go with, and forgive me if I say the name wrong, but Tua Tungavailoa um, seems like Tua tags. Just yeah, Tua we'll, tags. we'll just go with Tua. I quite like Tua. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I quite like him at his price range this this week. Five point six, um, steadily good game last week. Not, not nothing that leaped off the page per se, but it was a better showing than what he gave against the Rams, which you know they're they're a good defense, but so are the Cards. So to to put the numbers up that he did last week, you know, I, I was quietly impressed with him, shall we say? Um, so yeah, I'm going with Tua this week mainly because the Chargers give up twenty three point three points against quarterbacks. Uh, they've also given up 16 passing touchdowns, which is only one less than the Jags. Um, they, they seem to be a team, the Chargers, that every single week they're in a position where they can win a game, but they've conceded 30-plus points to get to that point. The, their, their actual game, they were one of the late games, weren't they, against the Raiders? Was abs- was it the late game? They were, but heartbreaking ending if you're a Chargers fan. Obviously not if you're a fan of anyone else. But yeah, a heartbreaking ending, and I just I've, I've just got a feeling that you know Miami are looking like a, a, a fairly competent team. All of a sudden, they look mm. like the team that not many people pegged them to be this year. Uh, probably a year early in a lot of analysts and uh, and the eyes of many. So you know the way that they're actually performing, I think, has come as a bit of a surprise. I think that there's still missing pieces there whether it's you know they they look short on running backs with Gaskin out Mm. but they've got some really talented receivers there I'm I'm a big fan of Jasicki it's just uh, there's there's not a lot to dislike about Tua I think this could be another week where given how informed Justin Herbert is that this could be another week where it's high scoring and it could go down to the wire but yeah, I, I just just really like Tua. I think that's quite a low price given given the opponent and given how many points 
the Chargers seem to be leaking week in, week out at the moment. I, I agree. That that match last week with him against um, Kyler Murray was like watching the future of quarterbacking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're both they're both absolutely amazing. And the way they brought um Tua through and this is they've opened up playbook a little bit more, let him run a little bit more. It does remind me a lot about Kyler Murray when he started. Yeah. And uh, there was a there was a throw that Tua made where where he threw across his body. I was amazed. He was he was sort of running out to his left. He threw across his body to the right, and I was amazed the ball got there. It was just it was an amazing play. It, it looks uh, look, looks odd. Do you, do you not think it looks a little bit odd? Obviously, because he is a lefty. When yeah. the ball comes out, it just it just looks different. <laughs> yeah, and I think he's the only starting lefty at the moment. I think you could be right. Huh? Yeah, I think so. I think you I are. Think so. Yeah, yeah. So it does look a little bit, but yeah, he's he's exciting, and Miami looked really good. They look really good. Uh, they they look like the team are going to challenge them. If anyone's going to challenge the Bills, it looks like it was going to be them. Which yeah. you know, if you said that before the season started, someone would think you were crazy. Yeah. So yeah, really impressed. What's your thoughts on the running backs this week? Okay. So this, I'm going to play it safe with my expensive running back by going with Aaron Jones mm-hmm. at seven point one. Um, they're obviously expected to win easily against Jacksonville. They currently have. If I look right this second, they've got the highest implied total by four points at the bookies. So they're implied, Green Bay implied to get 33 points, which is almost five touchdowns. If they do that, Aaron Jones will be a big part of that. Um, the Jags also are, um, they give, they're the sixth, they give up the sixth most points to the running back position fantasy-wise. Yeah. Um, so, and also he hasn't really, I don't think, I think I'm right, he hasn't really had his massive ceiling game yet, has he? No, he's had he's... one week two. Week two, he's had a massive ceiling game. And I always feel Aaron Jones has, has a few of these in his locker where he'll suddenly score two or three touchdowns and he's had this ceiling game. Uh, the only thing I don't like about Aaron Jones is he never has a high snap, snap count. Um, his highest snap count was in week three. It was only 71%. And otherwise, he's generally in the 50s. Yeah. So that does concern me, especially if they get too far ahead. I suppose... The only the only thing in in his favour is, am I right in saying they they've got injuries to Jamal Williams and the rookie to AJ Dillon, um, or they did yeah, last AJ week Dillon's anyway. COVID, so I don't yeah, know. If, AJ Dillon's COVID. Don't know if they're back this well. AJ Dillon, you'd assume won't be. I don't mm, know if Williams is no. is good to go this week, but I know Williams sometimes takes some of that snapshot that that would cause mm. Warren Jones. So he's he, active this week, Jamal Williams. He's been taken off the COVID list. Interesting. So yeah, so it's it's surprising how low his stat count is, considering how where he's always priced in DraftKings. Yeah, Aaron Jones. But you know, it's against Jacksonville, and we've been targeting them with running backs all year. So yeah, I, I've got him in most of my lineups, so yeah. I can't can't disagree with that. Yeah. What about yourself? Then who are you going with? So I'm I'm going to flip the script a little bit on this and go with the opposition running back, um, mm. James Robinson. So again, for quite similar reasons, um, Green Bay are, to say they struggle against the run is an understatement. You know, Aaron Jones absolutely tore them apart on the ground a few weeks back. Uh, not Aaron Jones. I do apologise, mm. Delvin Cook tore them up on the ground a few weeks back um 35 points against running backs points per game that's just shambolic it's the second worst 
in the league, only just behind the Detroit Lions. 11 touchdowns to the position is the the worst in the league. And again, Delvin Cook hasn't helped that. They don't give up a huge amount of, of yardage. Their actual yardage to running backs is sort of like middle of the pack. Um, it's still still lower half of the league, but it's it's not the worst. You know, when you look at the Texans have given up not a million miles away from 1,200 yards, you know, Green Bay have given up 800 yards. There's a, a big gap there in difference, but 11 rushing touchdowns is not pretty. And I just think in a game like this, it's almost a, a bit of a risk pick picking Robinson because I think the game script will dictate that the Jags are going to have to throw the ball. I've just got this feeling in mind that this could be a bit of a banana skin game for Green Bay. They're always capable of that game where they look really good for a run of games and then they look absolutely dreadful. I'm not saying that this is the week, but if it's a close game, it brings Robinson into the game. And if you can run on a team and successfully run on a team, you know, if you can do what, Derek Emery and the Titans were doing to teams last year, you know, that, that could win you a game on its own. So at 6.6 or 6,600 dollars, I quite like Robinson there. I think, I think this week, obviously the Packers have an extra week of um, film to scout on Jake Luton. Mm. So I suspect he's not, they're not going to want to rely on him as much. I also think that Jacksonville will stick to the run for longer than you would do if it was, say, Gardner Minshew and they were getting behind. So I think all that works in his favour. Robson's generally involved in the passing game as well. It's just last week he only had two targets, but before that he's been pretty consistent. Mm. And and that's the that's another reason why Green Bay is so bad against um against uh, running backs is the receiving yards and the receiving touchdowns. Yep. He's he's actually had a high it was his high was in week three against Miami where he had 83 receiving yards to couple with his, his 46 yards he had on the ground, but he's, he's just completely established himself as the Belco back there mm. at Jacksonville. His last two weeks, he's had 22 and 25 rushing attempts and they've been games where, you know, they've, they've still, they've been close games for Jacksonville. There's been a lot of games this year where you look and they've been in games. They've been, you know, you look at the scores, there's only really, I'm just looking now, there's only really two or three blowouts, you'd say. The rest of the games, they've they've been in them and been competitive. So, it, you know, at 6,600, that's not a bad price for someone who's averaging 19.6 points per yeah. game. He's, he's basically, you know, top five at the moment in the league. So, yeah. No, no, I, I like, I mean, I've got, I've got a, a couple of lineups where I've got Robinson and Jones in there. Oh, nice you can if you do can the, fit both in. Yeah, we can. You can do it because there, because there's so many good cheap wide receivers, but um, yeah. which we'll get into. But who's so? Who's your cheap running back? So I like. I'm putting. I'm cheating a little bit here because I'm putting him in the running back, but he's actually in flex in most of my lineups. So JD McKissick, but I'm I'm throwing him out there because he is a running back. And if if you're short on the funds and you're looking for someone, then at four point nine or four thousand nine hundred dollars, JD McKissick is is a good play. And you're not putting you're not putting McKissick in your lineup because of the fact he you know for most of the running backs we discuss it's because the Belco backs they they get the the carries they're also potentially involved in the team's 
um, passing downs and you know they, they have a decent amount of reception so you, you like to delving cut robinson even aaron jones to a point but the reason i've put mckissick in there is because like you said with with alex smith i like him even more with smith being in there so last week he had 14 targets um alex smith really likes a check down and mm-hmm. i looked at mckissick has had i think it's 47 targets for the year that that's that's practically wide receiver two level of targets, and and he's 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 running back two, running back three on the depth chart. So at four thousand nine hundred, you're not putting him in your lineup because he's potentially going to have a massive game on the ground because he's not. Gibson is is the the star back there, but I just I, I like him with Alex Smith at quarterback. I think the target volumes there for him. It's super cheap option there, four thousand nine hundred. That's you know, if you're going to play someone like that in your flex, then you know he's, he's averaging nine point three points per game. But he had seventeen point two last week with Alex Smith coming into the game. So yeah, I, I like McKissick there. Yeah, and um, Detroit is terrible against running backs, both rushing and receiving running backs. So yeah, it's um. It's interesting. Last week, um, Ag Smith had an average depth of target of just over three yards. Mm. <laughs> so McLaurin's not catching many of those, for example. So no, and th- again, that's that's where it plays into the hands of someone like McKissick. Like I said, he's forty-seven targets for someone who doesn't for someone who averages four, you know, three to four yards. Um, not he averages three to four carries per week you'd expect that that kind of volume is, is coming from a wide receiver, which is essentially what he is deployed as in, in your offense. So I quite like the play there. Who do you like him, Mark, as your budget? Oh, well, this is, this is a bit of a controversy, isn't it? Because I've gone with Mike Davis and he's different prices based on which slate you play. So if you play the Sunday main slate, like I play uh, with the Sunday uh, one o'clock and four o'clock games, he's only 4K. If you play the Sunday to Monday like Nick does, he's 6.7K. So I personally wouldn't pick him at 6.7K, but at 4K, now that it's been confirmed today by Adam Schefter that CMC is going to be out, I say it's been confirmed he's almost definitely out. That doesn't sound right, though, does it? <laughs> he's confirmed he's almost probably definitely going to be out. <laughs> so, so we know the sort of usage Mike Davis gets when CMC isn't there. Now, he's only 4K. And that's the reason you pick him because his performance has just just dropped off the last three three games he played, and he's facing now the Bucks. There's a little bit of a myth about the Bucks, so that they're really they're really great against the run from a DK point of view, DraftKings point of view. They're only 21st in terms of points um, points against, so they're sort of middle of the pack. But at 4K, what he allows you to do is. You have the potential you might get in the end zone once, maybe even twice if they if he get carries inside the five yard line, and it also allows you to spend your money elsewhere. Um, I'm not expecting. I'm expecting between twelve to sixteen points from him. That seems to be what most projections are saying. So that's why he's fine on the main slate, but he's four K. But if you're playing Sunday to Monday at six point seven K, I probably wouldn't play. Yeah, like the big man Murph know that you've said that his, his books aren't necessarily a great run defence. He'll have you for that. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where they're a good run defence in real life, but fantasy-wise, they're not as good as people make out. Yeah. Or I, they've got worse. 
I'm with I'm with you though. I think at four K, when I saw the price and before I realised that it was the Sunday games only that you'd priced him up at there. At four K, I thought, wow, you've, you absolutely have to get him in your lineup at that price. At six point seven K, I'm probably not including him. You know, yeah, to, to to price him more than Robinson, given his opposition, I think that's six point seven steep there. But I, I do like him at four K. I think when you look at Davis, he's he, we spoke about this prior to actually doing the pod, didn't we, Mike? But he's he had about three or four really productive weeks when McCaffrey went down, and then he had another three weeks where he wasn't very productive. So it, it might be that he, he bounces back. You know, if even at 4K, if he's having one of his less productive weeks, it's not a huge loss because you've not invested a massive amount into him, I suppose, and those funds will go a long way elsewhere throughout your team. So I do like the pick. So I think that we're done with running backs, aren't we? So who is your most expensive wide receiver? So I'm going up. I'm going with the partner up on Jared Goff. Um, I know you pick Goff, but I, I really like Cup. So I think if you are including Goff in lineups, I think Cup is is almost a must start at his his price range as well. So he's at six point nine k or six six thousand nine hundred. Um, we've already mentioned about how bad the Seattle defense is against wide receivers. They give up by far the the most drafting points to wide receivers, 63.2. And it's not even close. The Titans are the next and they're at 48. So it's such a such a gulf. Against Miami, he had 20 targets. Crazy number of targets. 20 targets. Cup's been Jared Goff's comfort blanket, really, since they've both been in the league and since they've both been on the Rams. He's one of those receivers, a bit like... The uh, receiver, Jordy Nelson, who used to be at the Packers, he, he, he just seems to find ways to get open, uh, whether that be underneath, whether it be, you know, it, 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 even long passing. Goff's a decent long passing quarterback. He's, he's fairly accurate. Some of his long passes are a little bit more wayward, but Cup finds himself on the end of them quite frequently. He had a, a decent fairly long distance score against the Giants a few weeks back so yeah um, I, I like him there at 6.9 I don't think he's he's too heftily priced given who he's coming up against I think Robert Woods is another good pick there at 6,600 that could come down to whether you've got the budget to go for one or the other me personally I'd rather go Cup because I think Cup gives you the better chance at the touchdown output so looking back historically, Cup's quite a reliable red zone target for Goff. He's had his drop issues for some reason in, in the end zone this year, but he seems to be the one he looks to towards the the red zone. Likewise, Tyler Higby. Um, Robert Wood's touchdowns tend to come off the back of hard work from Robert Woods. So if you've got the budget, I think Cup is the smarter pick at 6,900. But if you've not, and that extra... 300 is make or break in your lineup. Robert Woods, I think, is a good pick at 6,600 as well. And Cooper Cup is like, he's over the whole season, he's had 26.5% of the targets um, from Jared Goff, which is a really high number for for one. Um, and it's sort of numbers reserved for like our, like the, um, like normally historically for your Devontae Adams, your DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, etc. Those sort of plays. So it's, it's a really good price. 
price is actually in my um i've actually put in my, my double ups lineup my cash lineup this week which is very unusual for me to spend money on, on receivers but yeah he's in there who are you liking at your top end well i'm again i feel like i keep playing it's very safe here. i'm going with keenan allen at 7.1 he's had um, double digit targets ever since herbert started He's converting those targets into into yards, into fantasy points. The last three weeks, he scored over 20 points each week. He now faces Miami. He's a middle-of-the-pack sort of defense against wide receivers. As we discussed before, um, so not, he's not facing Miami. He's facing, yeah, he's facing Miami. Sorry, he is facing Miami. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to do read two different things at once. He's facing <laughs> Miami. And um, he um, and as we discussed already when talking about two attacks, it could be, Quite a high-scoring game, this. Uh, two very explosive offences. So Keen Allen is is a safe A. He's, for me, he's he's no particularly different to Devontae Adams in terms of um, consistency of targets. Yeah. But he's like almost 2,000 cheaper. Yeah, he's, you're guaranteed that workload, aren't you, every week from him? Yeah. Not necessarily yeah. always guaranteed he's, the uh, big yardage that you might get with Adams, but you are guaranteed the targets. Nine, yes, and I think if you if you play him every week, you're going to profit from playing Adam more than you're not. Um, other other than the week he got injured, his um, his targets are since week two are all double figures, mm. which is just fantastic. Um, so I move on to my cheap receiver. Fire away. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, we we've got a, we've gone very Rams heavy here because I'm attacking attacking that game slightly differently receiver wise by choosing Josh Reynolds. Um, so this comes down to just wanting to get as many pieces of that game as possible. I think you could you could make a case for both of the wide receiver threes in this game for Reynolds and David Moore, but David Moore is very TD dependent, dependent whereas Reynolds has actually been receiving quite a lot of targets in the last three games. He's received the same number of targets as um, as Robert Woods, mm-hmm. and he's like almost where is he half just under he's three thousand cheaper. So, as you said, the Seahawks are giving up 63 points a game to wide receivers. Having Josh Reynolds, who's part of like him and Cup and Woods, are 60% of the targets. It just, I just feel like there's, there's probably 15 to 20 points from there at 3.5K. Just seems, too, just seems too good value, doesn't it? Josh Reynolds is, is one of them. Yeah. You look at him and he is your prototypical wide receiver. So, he's got... Really good length. I think he's about six three, six four. He's not overly fast, but he's not slow at the same time. He's he's almost like he's almost like a poor man's Alan Robinson, a little bit smaller and definitely not as good. He should be better than he is. I think maybe he's he's potentially underutilized. Definitely in the red zone. My only concern with him is uh, that it could be nothing at all. But there was a part in the Miami game where. Goff got absolutely spanked by one of the defenders and they returned it to the house and it was like a 95-yard touchdown for the defence. And Josh Reynolds jogged. He jogged back. And things like that don't go unnoticed with the Rams staff. (laughs) Honestly, Daryl Henderson missed a block on the same plane. I don't think he played another snap in that game. Um, if he did, he might have played one or two, but I don't, I don't know with Reynolds. He, he's one of them where 
like I said, he he, sh- he he should really. But when you look at him, you think that that you know he is a perfect wide receiver in terms of he's got everything that you need from a wide receiver. He's got decent hands. He's a decent enough route runner. Great length. I don't know. There's just something missing. I like the pick though. I do like the pick mm. at three three thousand five hundred. I like the pick. The only, I suppose, the only thing that could harm him is at some point it's inevitable that the Rams are going to start integrating Van Jefferson more and more into the offense. So when that does happen, it's going to be at the expense of Josh Reynolds. So that that's that's the only thing I suppose. And obviously with the bye week, there's a bit more time where the team have, mm. have had a chance to work together. So. We'll see. Van Jefferson's only had 12 targets all season so far. Um, the reason the reason I like Reynolds, there's lots of really, there's actually lots of good cheap um, wide receivers this week. Mm. But I think I think the Goff and Cup will be quite a popular stack. And I think if you want to differentiate yourself, I would add I would add Reynolds to that stack, as in play Goff, Cup, and Reynolds, because yep. then you've got three pieces of a very what should be a very high scoring game and. I think if you take, say, Goff, Cup, and Woods, I think that might restrict you too much. And I think from from initial builds, it makes it very hard to have DK Metcalf yep. to bring it back. So I think if you want to differentiate yourself, but you want to also have both sides of the of that game, then putting in Reynolds, so you can have Metcalf on the other side. I think is kind of that's that's why I would play him. I wouldn't necessarily play him in a vacuum. If you see what I mean. Yeah, I do, yeah. and I, I do. I do like the pick for that reason. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, I think I think um, we could probably make a case of playing every part of that Seattle. Um, that Seattle Rams just team. Just build a lineup. <laughs> yeah, just like put all of them in there. Um, but yeah. Um, so who are you going for with your cheap wide receiver? So I am going for Jacoby Myers at 4,500. So again, it's worth noting that they are the Monday game, I think, New England and Baltimore. Um, If they're not the Monday game, they're they're certainly the late, late game on the Sunday. Let's just have a look. Yeah, the, the, the late game on the Sunday, aren't they? So again, with this one, the reason I'm, I'm going that way is that there's, there's no Edelman for the Patriots. There's, the really struggling at wide receiver this year. I think that's clear for all to see. The games where Nikhil Harry has played, he's just, it's almost coming to that point where it's like, do we pull the plug on Nikhil Harry? Because he's he's just not panning out the way I think they'd hoped for a, a first round wide receiver. Um, even though he was at the, the back end of the round, I suppose. But yeah, I, no Julian Edelman. So in recent weeks, Myers has become that, comfort blanket for Cam Newton. Um, I was actually quite surprised that his, his target output, so um, 30 targets in, in the last three weeks. It's quite high, you know, that's that's an average of 10 over his last three games. Prior to that, there was not many games where he'd actually suited up for, really. Week two stands out against Seattle where he had one reception. So I, I like him the... Um, so it's just mainly down to that heavy target volume and I suppose again game script in that game will dictate that you would say most likely New England are going to be behind chasing the game they're going to have to throw the ball Baltimore are a good defense so it's it's you know it's no short task by any any stretch but 4,500 is still you know relatively well priced 
for someone that has shown in the last few weeks that he's he's heavily involved in his team's passing offence. So I just quite like the price there at 4,500. And I think I'm right in saying he's given the opposition, I suppose you could say this is fair, but he's actually lower than he was priced last week. He was priced at 4,700 mm-hmm. and he's coming off a 30-point game. So the fact that he's dropped by 200, but the New England wide receiver picture hasn't really improved at all you know that that's it's good price i think good price yeah it's amazing value for money if you look at it in terms of targets per game in the last three weeks etc so yeah. yeah um yeah he's a really good pick the, the only thing i think which could work against him is he could be um defended as the wide receiver one mm. and um i think marlon humphrey's back and um, comes COVID, so that's the only thing that works against him. But four, he doesn't have to do too much at that price. He can get six for sixty yards, and he'll still he's still not of um, not of ruined your lineup. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so um, yeah, like that. So swiftly on to the tight ends, then, Mark. Yeah. So yeah, tell me swiftly. about your high end <laughs> tight end. Yeah. So my high end end is Evan Ingram. He's a player I've been. He's actually in the list. He's actually not even that highly priced. He's like the eighth, I think. The eighth, yeah, the eighth highest priced tight end. But I think he's um, the last three weeks. He's finally been utilised properly by the Giants. They they worked it out. Running him on a, like sweeps and stuff wasn't really working. He's had ten, ten, and nine targets in those last three games. Uh, he comes up against Philly, who are the fourth highest against um, give up the fourth most um, fancy points to tight against tight ends mm-hmm. or two tight ends. Um, and so this feels to me like a lock. If um, last week I rather embarrassingly sort of did a lock on Jordan Akins, who did not work out, um, but I feel like Evan Ingram is a safer bet this week. Um, yeah, I just I think he's in, he's in most of my lineups. I think I think I, I, I tipped Evan Ingram I think last week and said that he was showing signs of life which he is. Like you said, he's being utilised yeah. properly now. So I can't, when, when I saw that name on the, um, on the notes, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with, with that one, Mark. I'm, had you have not picked him, I might have picked him again myself. <laughs> um, he's still relatively low price, like you said, four and a half thousand. You know, we know that tight ends don't return at the same level that your top, top end wide receivers do. We know that the likes of George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, and in, in recent seasons, Darren Waller are always going to be pretty much top three priced because they're the ones that see the most consistent work, the most consistent targets, yards, receptions. But Evan Engram has always had that sort of top five tight end ability since he's been in the league. He's, he's had his health concerns. This seems to is probably one of the first seasons in... With, maybe the last two or three where he's he's had, he's had a clean bill of health. He's not really had any issues. He's slowly being integrated back into the offense. And now effectively, like you said, the last three weeks, he, he's, he's come to life. And I, I do really like that pick. And I, I, I dare say, I probably will have him in a few lineups come the weekend as well. He always just looks so athletic when you watch him. He just, for his, um, for his size, he just seems athletic. And you look at him and think, why are they not using him more? That's what you were thinking. And Jason Garrett having one of these sweeps, these jet sweeps and things like that. And you're thinking, no, this isn't this isn't working. And also that sort of Witten, that old Witten player, like five yards down and then left or right. 
but yeah, they've um, they've done a lot better job with him, and he's um, so he's coming up against Philly, and we've been targeting Philly for years, I think. Yeah. <laughs> with tight ends, it feels like it. So as I took a pick, would you like who did you go for then in the end for your? So I went with Eric Ebron, um, priced at four thousand four hundred, so slightly less than last week, uh, though he does have. A slightly more favourable matchup against position. So last week he was against Dallas, who are an outright poor team at the moment, and Pittsburgh managed to make a meal of that game. But this week he's coming up against the Bengals, who are probably the second worst, I would say, in terms of points they give up at the position. Factually, 17.7 is ranked second worst. In the league, they've given up six touchdowns to tight ends. Uh, 545 yards isn't great either. That will see them ranked in the bottom three. So a lot to like there. And I think what Pittsburgh are doing is very similar to what every team that's owned Eric Ebron's doing to this point, and that's utilising him effectively in, in the red zone. He's that big body target. He always seems to find a gap somewhere in, in the end zone where it, it, it's like the ball is thrown and before it gets to the man, you know it's getting to Eric Ebron. And the last couple of weeks, he's, he's had that. I think Ben Roethlisberger, he's not always had great chemistry with tight ends. But, you know, Vance McDonald was a bit in and out um, in terms of his production. You're not going to probably get the yards, I don't think, from Eric Ebron. You, you'd be lucky if you, you're hitting sort of 40, 50 yards from him. But the way I think this offense seems to be using him now is he's getting the targets when it when it matters. And if he's being targeted in the red zone, that is all you need as a tight end. You just basically need your tight end to score and you've pretty much had a good week. So I think given that he is priced slightly less and given that he is getting targeted quite often, uh, six targets last week, five the week before, eight the week before. So he's certainly not target shy. So I, I do quite like the price there at 4,400. I do think it could be a sneaky shootout this game as well because Cincinnati, uh, a team that I don't think, you know, the running game I don't think will be favourable for them in this game. Mixon might still be out, but they've they've shown throughout the season so far that they're not scared to just stir the ball out through Joe Burrow so I think this could be a game if Pittsburgh or anything like they were last week against Dallas could be a shootout I am um, I like him as well Ebron as a leverage player against all of the receivers for Pittsburgh because they spread out ownership anyway you know Juju um, Claypool Deontay Johnson James Washington even caught well caught mm. a TD last week and I think a he lot of people focus yeah uh, frustratingly <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and a lot of people I think will play those players and then they'll think oh, do I really want a second do I really want Ebron in there as well so I like him as a leverage play from that yeah. um, always like his red zone usage like you said everywhere he's gone they've, they've loved his red zone usage so yeah really like him and his matchup is slightly better than um, yeah, Ingram's so really good really good play do you like um, it in the your... budget in the, in yeah. the, in the bargain bucket if you will uh, well, I'm gonna. You know, I'm probably going to embarrass myself again here by choosing Jordan Aikens again. <laughs> so last week he let me down completely. I was I was so sure of Jordan Aikens. I was I don't I don't bet the mortgage on Jordan Aikens last week, and then he got three point nine points. So because he's only two point nine k, basically what I'm doing here is I'm just trusting my own judgment. I think um, this was his first game back after his injury. 
He would have 34% of the snaps. I think he's probably going to get more this week. I just trust my judgment. He's the best tight end on the Texans. And um, the matchup against the Browns is sort of favourable in terms of tight against the tight end position. Yeah. This could be another. This is another game. I'm. I think might have some sneaky um, um, shootout potential in it. Uh, the game has just got a total of fifty three at the moment. So it's one of the higher total games with the bookies. In fact, it's the third highest. So I like this. A two point nine k. I think you can you can use that money elsewhere. And, uh, yeah. I like Robert Tonyan at 3,600. Um, so he flew out the blocks, didn't he, in week, week two? Mm. He, you know, week two, then three consecutive scores of just over 10, 16, and then just over 33. And, uh, you know, yeah. that career breakout game there. But has been quite disappointing since then. Um, I think that is probably... You know, you you can attest some of that to the fact that Devontae Adams is back and the period where he seemed to be really productive was where Green Bay were almost scraping the barrel as to who they were going to throw the ball to. That said, he's got a really good matchup this week. Um, so the Jags, uh, they're up there with Cincinnati as one of the, the worst teams in the league against the position. Um you know, seven touchdowns against tight ends, I think is the second most just behind Atlanta with eight, 15.6 points against the position, which is a little bit more than Tonyan's average for the season. The only threat I think to Tonyan is that even though he, he does seem to get the targets, what I've noticed in the past few weeks is that just slightly, it seems like Sternberger is being utilised in the offence, and it not massively in in terms of he's not eating into his target share. It's only a couple of targets a game, but Sternberger was seen as the tight end one on the Packers going into the season. So, if I mean, it could be that they end up running some twin tight end sets, but that's not really something that Green Bay's done very much of over the the past few years for as long as I can remember but at 3,600 again he's he's quite cheaply priced for someone who he's got Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball we know he's capable of putting up points he's had four double figure holes this this season already so it this one could be one of those where if you include him in your lineup it could make your lineup it could break your lineup so at, at your own risk but I do think it is a good price at 3,600. There's definitely tight ends I'd take before him on this list. I do think TJ Hawkinson's a really good pick this year and he's having a quietly good season. Um, but he is priced a lot higher at 5,100. There are some other, you know, we've touched on Evan Engram. Um, Mark Andrews at some point surely has to have a bounce back week and, and actually do something. Anything, Mark, at this stage. Um, but yeah, it, I like Tyler Eifert down as well. There, down yeah, that really cheap range as well. Yeah, definitely. The opposite side. Yeah, I, I do. I, I like that pick as well, mm. especially given that you know Jake Luton. What we do know about rookie quarterbacks is they like using the tight ends. So yeah, like I said, the Tonyan pick. It's certainly not one where I could hang my hat on it. Is is just well priced for someone who's shown this year that he can be productive. Yeah, I think I think any exposure to that Green Bay offense is a good thing this week. Yeah, 
Definitely. I just don't see how they don't score many points. I really, I really don't see it. So uh, Mercedes Lewis even even caught a touchdown last week, which does muddy that position a little bit. But yeah. if this is the week where it's the Tonyan week, then that's good, especially in tournaments. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So who do you like for your defence then? I'd, I Well, just before I do move on to my defensive pick, okay. I had a good defence pick up last week. I, I think I went with the Titans and they scored 14 on the week, which is a good score for a defence. If you're getting 14 from your defence, then you're quite happy with that because I will tell you now there's no defence in the league that's averaging 14 points on the season. In fact, the Ravens are the highest at 11.8. So yeah, I was more than happy with that. Um, I can't see my, I can't see a repeat this year, this this week even. But I'm going to go with the Dolphins, um, and there's not many reasons why I'm going with the Dolphins. I think it's a <laughs> tough matchup against the Chargers, and we've already said it's going to be a shootout, and I think it will be. They did give up 31 points last week to the Cardinals, but what the Dolphins defense is good at is is the, the sort of the big playability so they seem to be quite consistent week in week out with the sacks they can turn the ball over via interceptions they can force fumbles and recover so one of the highest scoring defenses on the season 9.6 fantasy points per game there's there's not too many other reasons you know we, we know defenses don't score that highly anyway but this is a defence that's posted scores of 23 against the Rams, 12 against the 49ers, 12 against Jacksonville, uh, you know, 15 against New York Jets isn't all that impressive given it's the Jets, but it, it's it's there for a defence. So, you know, outside of that, they had eight points last week against the Cards. So what we know is defences don't score that well, but if we're going to get, you know, even eight points from a defence, I'd probably take that. No, and um, what you want is your defence... You want the offense of the op- of the opposition of the defense to be thrown a ball a lot because mm. that gives you more opportunities for sacks and interceptions and pick sixes and stuff. So um, yeah, the Dolphins it, it's not that bad a pick at all. Actually, it's not one I considered. Now I've looked at the figures and especially the last four <laughs> weeks of scoring. Oh, that was good. I could go with that. Um, I've gone for though just just below them the ninth the uh, two point seven the Giants is a pick because. Not so much to do with the Giants, even though they have had multiple sacks in, I think, every game. Yeah, every game. Um, they're coming up against Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and they have been pretty error-prone. Um, Carson Wentz has 12 interceptions in eight games so far, and interceptions give the defence opportunities to score touchdowns. And the, the, front of, um, the, front, the defensive front of, of the Giants is actually... Um, been far better than I think most people expected. Mm. So they um, they had a good week last week. They've been pretty up and down in terms of scoring. They're definitely not as good as the Dolphins in terms of consistency, which has got me thinking I might change a couple of my lineups. Um, <laughs> but um, but I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of backing Carson Wentz continuing his sort of um, terrible season. I think what goes against the Giants is their early season form wasn't very good. But they did have some tough matchups. So they had Pittsburgh early on, Chicago, the Rams, the Niners. Um, and it's no surprise that those were the lowest scoring weeks, pretty much, other than the Chicago game where they had nine. But then since then, there's been 
three of the last five weeks, they've had double figure yeah. scores, which again is is good for a defense. You take double figures yeah. because the de- you, you know the, you're not going to get a great score from a defense most weeks. But if you're mm-hmm. averaging somewhere around that sort of nine ten mark, then you know you, you're quite happy with that. You'll take that at the price range. So mm-hmm. yeah, I do, I do quite like that. I still prefer that, my dolphins, but I do. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think I prefer your dolphins now. <laughs> I mean, you never, you should never. I think personally, you should never pick a def. You should never pick a defense that stops you picking a player you want in another position. If you see what I mean? Yeah. So if you, it, it, you know, don't don't spend up for say a, the dolphins at two point eight. If you need to actually pick the jaguars at two to get in all the other players that you want, because. Yeah. It's so varying. The uh, so much variance with the scoring of defenses and stuff. And even and even for example, you've seen it quite a lot this year. I think even in games where teams get them beaten, their defense can still score well for them. Yeah. And um, so yeah, so I don't tend to spend much money. I mean, last week I spent. I broke my cardinal rule and went for the Steelers defense. You know, because they were so expensive. You know, because they were um, they were really expensive last week. They're four point nine, mm. and they only scored seven points. So there you go. I think the the Saints are quite modestly priced as well at three thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now you look back on the season and the two highest scores have both come against Tampa Bay, sixteen and seventeen. They've mm-hmm. scored in the two games there. The rest of the scores have been quite disappointing. Seven has been the highest, but they've probably got a median of about two point five. But they're coming up against San Francisco. It's in New Orleans. San Francisco. Uh, struggling with their injuries on offense mm. um i think it's it's going to be one of those games you know we we know that the, the strength of san francisco is the running game but i think mm. the saints are a decent defense against running backs so this could be a tough tough day for the niners and i think 3000 they're given that they're up against nick mullins which is probably not a huge drop off from Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's enough of a drop off. And the injuries that they've got, especially at key positions like Kittle not playing, obviously most are still on the sidelines. So I think it's yeah, three thousand. That that that's one that I'm strongly considering as well. Yeah, great. We'll finish off, Mark, with the tiers. So things are a little bit different this week. So if you remember last week, we picked the tiers and they were positional. So we had the pocket passing quarterback, the mobile quarterback, so on and so forth. Structured a little bit differently this week. So for the tiers, we have eight tiers. Tiers one to four are all former first round draft picks. Tiers five and six are second round draft picks. Tier seven uh, players that went in the third round, and tier eight uh, were late round picks, and there are some shocks in that tier as well. Um, but fire me through your tiers lineup. We'll start with tier one, Mark. Okay, so tier one, I've gone for Josh Allen. Oh, see now, I've gone for Jared Goff. I've gone with your pick Ooh. from the classic lineup. I've gone with Jared Goff. I had to get him in there somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, Jared Goff. I, I think I picked. Josh Allen, because I'd already picked Jared Goff, if you see what I mean. So if Di- you're looking at your diversifying yeah. a little bit, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Last week I went wrong with this because I had Tannehill everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously my yeah. turn this week then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, <laughs> who, who you gone who, for tier two then? I've stuck with my pick and I've gone with Tua in tier two. Oh, so have I. There you go. Um, we agree on that one. 
tier three. There you go. I've gone for Will Fuller. Oh, good pick. I've gone for Brandon Ayuk, who is actually mm. currently in the flex in my lineup as well. So that that's subject to change, but um, he, he's had some good weeks of late. Tier four. Yeah, your yeah, your tier four. It's your turn. <laughs> on with TJ Hawkinson. So oh, uh, I men- mentioned that he's having a quietly good season, and he is. Um, when you look at his recent performances, um, you know he's he's posted back to, three back-to-back double-figure points hauls now. So yeah, TJ Hawkinson, I quite like that. I've gone with Henry Ruggs, which is entirely a pick, hoping that this is finally the ceiling game. He's, I mean, he's got to come at some point, surely. Yeah, he's done nothing all season, has he? Really? So, like, that's that's a bit of a gamble. And yeah, I look at that now, and I'm starting to regret it a bit. But there you go. I've picked it. Nice. <laughs> Tier five. I've gone for DK Metcalf, which is a pretty safe pick. Yeah, I think that speaks for itself. I've gone with a safe one here, or what I consider safe anyway. I've gone with Tyler Boyd simply because he is a target hog in that offence. Um, tier six, I've gone with Jarvis Landry, so I feel like that is again quite safe given the receiving issues that Cleveland have got at the moment with Odell down for the season. But who have you gone for in tier six? I've gone for Chase Claypool. His targets the last two weeks have been high, so yeah. Again, I'm, that's a kind of a, again, I'm looking for a lot of upside there rather than. You seem to be going for more safety plays at the moment. I've gone for upside, which I think normally I would imagine I'd be the other way around. Yeah, I, I actually prefer your pick though. I'd, I, I'd mm. like to put Claypool in, but I feel like there's there's, there's got to be a week where he, he doesn't produce like he is at mm. the moment and the ball's going to go elsewhere. Yeah. Um, well, may, may well do. <laughs> yeah. um, I've gone for Cooper Cup, so your pick. Cooper Cup. I'm, I'm gone yeah. exactly the same there. I think we're both in agreement and I've no doubt we'll both be in agreement on tier eight as well. Yeah. Aaron Jones. Can't believe you're Absolutely. picking Aaron Jones in tier eight. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's also when you look at the, um, there's only one other player I think I would even consider above him or, uh, you know, rather than him, um, which is Stefan Diggs. So. There's a, there's a, you look at the tier eight and not to run through all the tiers, but tier eight, oh. we've got Aaron Jones, uh, Travis Fulgham, who's been really good of late, mm. looks like a season pro. James Robinson, Stefan Diggs, like you said, Darren Waller. So there's some big hitters mm. in, in in tier eight. You know, even Darius Slayton can turn up here and there. Higgins and Valdez mm. Scantling are, are the two to finish it out, which is, you know, you've got big playability from Valdez Scantling, mm. but you're certainly not starting him over Aaron Jones by any stretch. But no. yeah, I think we're both yeah. in agreement there. So to run through mine, Jared Goff, Tua, Brandon Ayuk. TJ Hawkinson, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Jones. That is what I'm taking into battle against mm. you this week, Mark. Got Josh Allen, Tua, Will Fuller, Henry Ruggs, DK Metcalf, Chase Claypool, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Jones. Nice. Let's see who mm. who has the bragging rights going into week 11. <laughs> I'd like to say I just hope they all stay fit. Up. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just want them all to stay fit. <laughs> Mark, it's been a pleasure. Um, It's been a lot of fun again. Yeah, we will see you again in week 11 for our picks. Best of luck, Rush Nation. We hope to hear from you over the weekend on social media. Get your lineups posted and hopefully we'll have some winners.
HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.